Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. podcast of denver fan expo 2022 i am ryan and joined again just by brad this week just me man it's been just you and i for was three or four weeks in a row yeah i'm surprised i thought uh i saw corinne saw this movie early and yeah. so i thought she was gonna be on this week but no no yeah, i haven't heard from her in a long time she sent me like a a meme so i don't know if i know she got uh a new job well i mean she works at the golden transcript now you know our old stomping grounds Um, nice so i don't know if she's busy with that because she's been kind of quiet lately so i haven't you know i think you just made her feel unwelcome enough at this point yeah (laughs) for being a spoiler well uh yeah that's what she does (laughs) <laughs> she loves spoiling things we all have our we all have our thing mine is being awesome um Wait, what's my thing uh being uh awesome as well but just not as awesome as me oh okay um yeah, i mean no one really can be it's tough yeah i know it's uh <laughs> I, I think i uh we had um this luncheon for are the whole county and my boss was there and we were putting it on so uh you know he had to you know host it so there's lots of um debauchery uh no he gave lots of speeches and um awards were were handed out and so you know just a lot of uh uh just a lot of speeches and handshaking and then the next day, he he sent me an email and said, uh, "I have COVID. Just to let you know." <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it was just funny because he was out there, you know, basically kissing babies and stuff, and <laughs> it's like, oh, he was a. I don't think anyone else got it though, because it, I mean, I haven't heard. Hopefully, no one did. Those babies specifically targeted him. (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) This coughed right into his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whenever I'm at the grocery store and like, you know, there's kids 
sniffling and like doing that little kid cough, you know, mm-hmm. it, it always just, yeah, I'm always, I step back. <laughs> <laughs> it always sounds so gross. Have you, uh, have you got COVID? I haven't. I'm like one of three people that I know. I know my wife hasn't either. And she works in, you know, as a nurse and she sees COVID patients all the time. I cannot believe she's never gotten it. I've literally but, tested negative twice in the past two weeks because everyone around me keeps getting it and I have to retest mm-hmm. and yeah, still don't have it. That's good. Maybe you have this really awesome immune system and coupled with you getting the vaccine is like helped you. I mean, that'd be impressive considering like how much I stay up <laughs> and don't <laughs> sleep and like my immune system should be really low. <laughs> but well, here we as are. long as you don't, as long as you don't go on a trip, because I know every time you fly on a plane, you get sick. <laughs> That's true. I haven't flown anywhere in a long time. So what yeah. a weird thing that I remembered about you. Hmm. Mostly true. As far as I can I know. Yeah. Gosh, last time I flew was probably like two or three years ago. Really? Well, that's not true. I flew uh, flew to Los Angeles for a day just to watch Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been on, in, in a calendar year, I've been on five flights this year, starting uh, with last, um, well, this last Yeah, you just July. went to Vegas. Yeah, I went to Vegas, and in July, my wife's family had a family reunion. Then I went to Disney World. Um, I also went to uh con well uh, training for work so yeah i've been flying a lot that's a lot hopefully you've got a uh, like miles racking up on a credit card somewhere no you know i should have but i don't really want to open another credit card yeah smart. Um, but i i don't know when i when we flew to vegas I, we flew on southwest and their credit card is really nice but i go man i'll just pay for it with money but I, it, it, I, I do think about it. But, yeah, I, I opened a, a Frontier uh, credit card like 12 years ago thinking, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll rack up points on it. I literally can't access the points on it. <laughs> Why? Like they rack up and then uh, there's some like glitch in the account to where um, like I, it just doesn't the points on the card don't go to the website where you're supposed to redeem them. So, Weird. yeah, I, I just keep racking up points and they 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 disappear because they just sit there for so long mm. so that sucks can't wait to paint that one off and cancel it yeah the uh but my favorite credit card with points is my disney one because uh i do rack up points on it and if i forget about it they send you an email and it's i mean the, the only bummer is you can only use it for disney stuff however you can use it through the disney store which has I mean, it has video games and movies and stuff like that. So what you do is when they tell me that they're about to expire, it just puts it on another like Disney card that you can only use at Disney places. But once you put it on that card, they don't expire. Nice. Yeah. When I went to Disney World, I had like $123 on it. So that was nice to use for, um, I used it for like our for 30 minutes. And- <laughs> yeah, no, I used it for uh, snacks and, um, you know, like popcorn and like a water stuff and soda the around the park. That's how long it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> if you're smart at Disney World, you know, you, you can you don't have to spend that much money. You just have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Is 
what I think, but you know, what do I know? Nothing. Right. You got a kid. I just imagine he's like trying to buy everything under the sun as you go. So, so we had a rule when I went that he can pick one toy a day in each park. So, uh, you know, there's four parks there. So he would see something. I said, okay, well, let's go to the other stores. And if you still want it at the end of the day, then you can get it. And he, uh, he was pretty happy with that because he was able to get like one of those dragon things from Avatar. And he got a trolley from some store that he left on a bus that we never got back. So, you know. I pick build my own $200 lightsaber. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, every uh, week on Real Nerds, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week was Top Gun Maverick, which we will recommend the movie, play the trailer and then spoil the film. We'll also touch on one big Hollywood story and the Hollywood comeback, better known as Box Office Numbers. And yeah, we're a movie podcast, but we will be at uh, Denver Fan Expo. So make sure you stop by and say hi. And it looks like they're going to have a stage where we can record podcasting there. So make sure that you stop by and record with us. Uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, we should just kind of sit there all weekend. Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, the other podcasts out. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, it, I had a, a surreal moment. Um, so I was at, oh, uh, yeah. We'll get to the movie in a second. But I was at Buffalo Wild Wings in in Westminster, which is, I mean, it's, that's far from my house. And I was just there with my kid and I, I was sitting there and you, you know, when like someone's like looking at you, you know what I mean? Must and, be bad for you as a, as a police officer. Someone's sometimes, you. <laughs> I mean, usually I remember the people that I, you know, threaten me or, you know, say they want to kill me, but, um, but I could tell this like, dude wanted to say something to me. So he eventually came over and he said, Hey, you're Ryan from real nerds. Right. And I said, yes. Who wants to know? <laughs> yeah. Don't, who sent you? Um, and he said, man, I'm just a big fan of yours. And I was a little taken aback. His name's Nick and I'm horrible. I remember his name, but I can't remember the name of his podcast. He does with his son and they do a paranormal investigation podcast. But uh, he said he's a big fan, and he's seen us at Denver Comic-Con, Fan Expo, Pop Culture Con. And so I invited him to come on our show. Um, so, Nick, if you're listening, come on our show. Um, and then you could tell us what your podcast is so you don't have to rely on someone like me to remember it. You're the worst. I know. I'm not arguing that point at all. <laughs> but it, it was it was kind of surreal. I mean, it happened uh, when... Laura and I went to Telluride uh, three years ago as well. Um, where someone comes up to me and says, you're Ryan from Real Nerds. And I remember that happened that one time we did, was it Nintendo trivia? Um, at that place in Cherry Creek. Oh, yeah. I remember the game, but I remember everyone like, recognizing you. Uh, yeah, of course you wouldn't, because you only care about you. I know. <laughs> But you know what? All I want is to have just have lunch with my son without being interrupted. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, we, we need to get you some security. This, this could yes. be bad. 
I know. I just want to live a normal life, guys. <laughs> just want to live a normal life. Um, but yeah, no, it's actually kind of nice. And I mean, I never expected at all. Yeah, it's um, cool. After twelve years, uh, wait, eleven, eleven years. Yeah, eleven. Um, we had that much of an impact that some random person <laughs> had a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Which one are you at? Uh, the one in Westminster on 88th and or 80th and Wadsworth. Yes, uh, an area we don't typically spend time in as a podcast. No. So yeah, I mean, that's I, wild. I know. I only go up there to get my comics, and every once in a while I'll go to the Westminster Alamo. But it's very interesting. Might have to go there to watch Top Gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the big show. Speaking of which, it's like you've done this a while. Great, great transition. I know. <laughs> this week, we saw Top Gun Maverick. Brad, do you recommend Maverick? So, yeah, I was conflicted about seeing this movie because I've never seen the original. Which I still think is weird. Yeah. Uh, and so going into it, I was like, you know, it's, it's not readily available on any streaming service. Like, I'd have to buy it. Um, and I could have borrowed it from you at any time. I just never got around to it. Um, yeah. And actually, Henry gave me it on gave me it on VHS years ago, <laughs> um, but now I don't want to open it because VHS is are actually kind of collectors' items now. So, um, um, so I if you have you still not seen it, I still haven't seen it. So or send me a text because I have an extra copy of it because I got the Ultra HD of it. Oh hell yeah! All right. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, should I track track this down and watch it? But then I realized, you know, I'm in a you, I have a unique perspective having never been exposed to the movie. Like I, you know, the thing, stuff about goose is definitely permeated pop culture. So I, I, I know about that. And so that helps me, helps inform the new movie as, as I was watching it. But, um, you know, having not seen it, watching this movie, I don't feel like I need to see it really. Um, cause this movie is that good. Um, it's amazing. Joseph Kaczynski, the director has rebooted to, uh 80s properties really well and the big criticism about tron legacy was that it was kind of like emotionally hollow uh for a father-son uh romp i guess um gorgeous look at but just it's kind of didn't have the impact that the movie should have uh and this movie corrects that like it's way more emotional than in an, than an action movie surprisingly um yep and so yeah the action is good the story is great. Um, and like Tom Cruise is performing his ass off. It's like one of the best performances of his I've ever seen. Um, there's great references to the original uh, cameos wise. Um, and then the wildest thing that I thought was the coolest is how the movie aesthetically transitions from like the eighties fonts and eighties music to modern by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was amazing. The only hang up I had was that there were some things that, uh, like for instance, characters that the movie made it seem like I should know, um, as though, you know, there were a callback that I felt like weren't, you know, mm. if that makes sense. I'll, I'll just say like the Jennifer Connelly and her daughter made it seem like, I, like, I don't think they were in the original movie and the daughter shouldn't feel like a reference because she would have to be like 30 years old or 20 years old to like make an impact <laughs> like 
you know, like if she was in the first movie, then she would have to be like at least 20 or something. Right. So I'm like, mm-hmm. the movie feels like I should know that character. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, overall fantastic. Sorry. Yeah. I think this is the best movie of the year I've seen so far. Um, it's yeah, it's way more emotional than I thought it would be. And off your recommendation, um, I, I was going to go see it at Alamo, but you said I should see it on the biggest screen. So I went and saw it at IMAX. Oh, and you bastard. The whole, <laughs> and the whole freaking theater was like shaking. It was insane. Um, but yeah, should go see this movie on the biggest screen you can. I mean, even if you can't, you should see it at a movie theater because uh, it's one of those times where, you know, like Spider-Man where it says, you know, this should be on the big screen. This movie should be seen on the big screen for sure. Here's the trailer for Top Gun Maverick. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage the expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You will never forgive yourself. No turning back now. And if you do see it on the big screen, Tom uh, Cruise will thank you for that. Yeah, he said, yeah, he was in front of yours, too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Real short and sweet. Just, hey, thank you for watching the big screen. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he's uh, he shows up a uh, little Tom a Tom C cameo, um, in the film, Pete Mitchell Maverick is still just a captain in the Navy because that's all he's aspired to be because he wants to fly missions and um, he's called back to Top Gun 
to teach um, the best pilots that have graduated from Top Gun on this top secret mission that will push the limits of not only them physically, but uh, them emotionally and the jets they're flying. And, you know, when we find Maverick, he's testing uh, basically a new supersonic plane <laughs> and uh they're they, they're supposed to go to uh Mach 9 but you know the admiral's going to shut him down and so he pushes it to Mach 10 and he pushes it further and it breaks up over the atmosphere I thought the goal and was Mach 10 That's a great scene where he uh shows up at the diner all like burnt out and uh his suit's been like smoking uh so he, it's kind of a punishment, but also we learned that Iceman has been saving his ass. And Iceman from the first Top Gun is played by Val Kilmer. And in that film, they're rivals. And it isn't until the end where they realize the value of both of them and that they're both great pilots. Uh, so, yeah, then that's what it is. He just goes and teaches these new kids. Um. Meanwhile, he's uh, secretly been keeping track of Goose's son, um, and he's uh, following his career. I, I, I mean to say, and kind of sabotaging it. Yeah, because he says that uh, his he made a promise to his mom that he wouldn't let her him fly, and and he uh, there's a great line. What does he say to Jennifer Conley? where he'd rather have him resent him and not resent his mom. I forget what he says, mm, Yeah, but it, it's a really great moment and it shows uh, the character of Pete Mitchell. You know what I mean? Where he is a really good guy. And even though everybody else wants him to be an admiral or whatever, he's happy with who he is. Yeah. That was a cool part of the movie that, uh, you know, as a Star Trek fan, there were four movies where uh, part of the emotional arc of Kirk was that he took an admiral position and then regretted it. And he had to find his way back to being a captain again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool in this movie that Pete figured out what he wanted right away um, and then did everything to avoid getting promoted, which meant being rebellious and like a pain in the ass. Um and then it still kind of left him in a place where he doesn't have everything he wants. Um, and so it, it's cool. Someone uh, posted like on Letterboxd or something like it's like the first time that Tom Cruise has like played his age, mm-hmm. uh, like as a character, like he usually he's playing younger. Um, and just like him playing this character, I really felt like a guy who had like kind of seen life go by him. Because mm. he was so focused on doing this one thing, um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was I, I thought he portrayed that really well. He you still know. doesn't look like he's almost sixty, though. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he looks young still yeah. uh, for the most part, <laughs> but still, just overall, it's like you know, his character's age it is never like in like in the front of my mind when he's in mm-hmm. like Mission Impossible or something, right? He's just like he's just Ethan Hunt, you know, and he's mm-hmm. ageless you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, the, the fighter jet scenes in this are so good. Um, 
the how it's shot it kind of makes you feel like you're in the cockpit and um it's just it just looks so cool and it's done so well um yeah it's it's like it definitely felt like this dread um you know because in the trailer i was like oh this is like it just looks like fighter jet stuff like i, I feel like i've seen, seen it before but when you're when you're actually in it and watching um oh i forgot to mention so yeah i was like really wrapped up in i think like by the middle of the movie when uh you know tom cruise is training these kids and you know when they start out the training with in john ham like everyone knows that this is a suicide mission and he's basically mm-hmm. training one of these kids to kill themselves and to be okay with it yeah and then ultimately he decides like you know the time frame of this isn't going to work that no one's going to be able to do this and so jennifer Connelly convinces him like hey you know you'll find a way and then he decides like oh yeah i should just do this and <laughs> yeah. prove to them that i'm the only one like it just makes sense that i should do this you know yeah because why would you send those kids who obviously aren't as good as he is and they need that leader you know they might be good pilots but they need someone like maverick to lead them that through there yeah like and why like why risk it on someone who maybe can do it when like i just proved that i can do it <laughs> like i just yeah. did it in the simulation so but like as i was like wrestling with that and trying to figure out all like the details two random dudes just came in and sat down right in front of me <laughs> and started talking oh, yeah. uh so it's like I, I missed a little chunk of the details of everything, but yeah, I was like, really weird. My audience was really into it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like it wasn't a sold out showing or anything, but um, yeah, I, I could feel in the room that like people were like sucked into it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we have been the emotional part of it where this is where I thought Tom Cruise was acting the best. I, I mean, he's always been really great. But maybe the best scene I've ever seen him in is a scene with Val Kilmer where, uh, because of real life reasons, Val Kilmer really can't speak very much. Uh, and they incorporated that into the movie. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is just acting to him typing out sentences on a computer. And it's the part where he says, you have to let him go or you have to let it go. I forget how it's worded, but. The, that moment where he realizes that he has to, but he can't is some of the best non vocalization of acting I've ever seen. Yeah. He basically has to play two roles in that scene and not to take anything from Val Kilmer, but just like it's all reacting. And so he has to sell Val Kilmer's performance as well. Yeah. And, and Val Kilmer is good in that too, because he obviously um, can't really say anything and his looks and his, sympathetic uh way he looks and reacts to tom cruise is so good yeah i mean he does speak a little so yeah yeah but overall yeah yeah that was on top of like that emotional arc and then just everything with goose's son rooster um because at one point i thought this movie was ending and then it like kind of takes on like a second climax Mm -hmm. um and yeah when like they finally kind of get over each other and uh i guess reunite uh and then even that like douchebag <laughs> comes and saves the day and yep. uh him and rooster uh yeah kind of become friends i know I, I i shed a tear i'm trying to it was in a moment around there um because you get so sucked into the the action of it that when 
Tom Cruise's uh, jet gets shot down, and then Rooster comes back and shoots down the helicopter, and his plane gets shot down, and <laughs> Tom Cruise runs and just pushes him on the ground, and he says, what are you doing? I'm saving your life. Well, I saved yours. <laughs> and they, they have this realization that, oh, yeah, we both saved each other's life, and maybe we should come up with a plan to get out of here is great nonverbal communication in <laughs> the yes. scene. It's great, too, because um, they set up, um, you know, because of Jennifer Connelly, um, you know, when you realize he's probably when you think he's probably going to go to his death um, for these kids and, you know, his daughter's like, you know, don't break our heart again. And you realize, oh, because he's making this choice to go sacrifice himself, he mm-hmm. is going to do that. And so the Jennifer Connelly part of it where they kind of spend like one last day together. Um, yeah. Like it's a great misdirect to make you think that he actually does get shot down uh yeah at the end of the movie um that, yeah it was great so and then yeah I, it, their whole like hijacking that what was it f14 f18 yeah that, yeah f14 that's from the first movie yeah so going back and like giving all of the, the i guess top gun fanboys and putting him back in that in that plane is probably great for them yeah i've always said that top gun is tom cruise's best movie because He's made better movies, but it's the most Tom Cruise movie. I mean, this one obviously tops it because, I mean, I think it's better than the first one. And just because the, even though Goose dies in the first one and there is that emotion playing with you, he dies about two thirds of the way into the film. So the climax is, you know, them fighting basically the Russians in the first one and him kind of getting over it and him and Val Kilmer kind of make it up like uh hangman did with rooster. Like the hangman character is Val Kilmer's character in the first one. Yeah. I gathered. Yeah. Um, this is the cool thing about this movie is like, like I said, I haven't seen the original, but they sell like everything I should know. Like I get from this movie. Like I said, I don't feel like I, like I, I yeah. will watch the original top gun, but I, I didn't totally need it. You know? Oh yeah. No, I agree. I think they, they set up, you know, that Tom Cruise's character is kind of a loose cannon, which he is in the first one. I feel like I feel the impact of Goose, Goose's death in this movie. You know, it's not just something that yeah, they're so referencing. The, um, the scene in that movie where uh, he gets thrown out of the bar and he's leaving and Rooster's playing Great Balls of Fire is really, like, heartbreaking. Um and it's another one because even in that scene where uh, Tom Cruise is acting really well, I think Jennifer Conley is great at that moment too, um, where she sees the pain in his face. And uh, man, I don't know how old Jennifer Conley is, but she looks amazing. Fuck. Yeah, she looks great. Uh, is she? She's a new character, right? She's not from yeah the first movie. Um, to, to piggyback off what you said uh, a, a while ago when you're introducing it, I think that it's she is part of his past where he'd be at like uh in that area then he'd go do his missions and kind of just leave without you know thinking twice about it and um he needed to grow up to uh to teach these kids to fly in the uh in the mission and that was part of his growth is there's some history there and obviously he's like broken up and broken her heart a couple times so so he's just some other girl he hooked up with, like off screen. Yeah. Some okay. 
And then the daughter is just a part of that made up story off screen. Yeah. So the daughter obviously has a different dad. Yeah. Um, it's, and the movie just I, made it seem like, like, hey, person watching, you should know this kid. Yeah, like, no, no, she's totally new. Yeah. And I think it's just uh, his womanizing ways from the first one. It, it, in my theater, though, is funny when, and I love how they set this up to, uh, you know, the first time they hang out, she says goodnight, she goes and shuts the door. And then the second time he comes back, she goes in and she leaves the door open. <laughs> There's these ladies there's a group of like four or five ladies behind me and they all started going and cheering i go oh <laughs> so it was really fun i love when people get that invested in movies that means the movie is working yeah another cool aspect too is um you know i expected it to be uh you know a lot of people are like uh complaining that's like military propaganda mm-hmm. um i'm sure that was true of the first one but this one doesn't feel like that because they don't really talk about, you know, hey, you're you're doing this mission for your country, and they never mention yeah, no. a specific country as the enemy. It's just like they really focus it on just like, hey, we have to do this specific flight mission uh, to blow up this uranium enricher, but they never, you know, target a specific group as yeah, and people doing it. I, the way I got it, it, they they kept them nameless as it's, you know, it's more of hey, we can't let nuclear arms fall into the wrong hands yeah and so we need to make sure that that doesn't happen i i, I don't care clearly that so stuff. that it can play in more countries financially oh well, yeah that's the real reason but, yeah um but like yeah i i, I was cool that like i didn't need that you yeah know, it, it, it could just be like some rogue operation and yeah it's a danger to everyone so we're gonna go take care of it yeah no it's it's cool i, I fucking love this movie I, I i think it's the best movie of the year I don't know. The Batman was pretty cool. It is. It is. But yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it in 4DX. So hopefully that works out. Yeah, I think I think I should be good to go for that. So yeah, uh, I was listening to some podcasts and they were talking about how like I don't think it'll happen in our 4DX theater because so many I've gone to they've been like cutting back on things. But their 4DX like they had a heat lamp or something, so like it the engines would like burn in your face <laughs> Oh shit. a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen one since rise of Skywalker. That one was awesome in 4 DX. So, um, 2019. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. The last few I've been to, like I saw the Batman in there and like, even the that movie's like heavy rain. Like I didn't feel like mm. much water at all, or I don't remember smelling a lot, a lot of tire burning. That's that mm. another big thing. They, you know, they advertise like 30 things on the wall outside, and I only ever feel like I'm only getting like 10 of them. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, I mean, Top Gun alone, I mean, the seats should be moving crazy in that movie. So. Yeah, they never cut back on the seats because, yeah, like the last time I think it was Batman, I almost got tossed out of it. And <laughs> <laughs> I car chasing. Yeah, it really whips. Like, yeah, they, they, they keep those seats moving, but all the other like bonus stuff. Um, I never feel like I'm getting the complete experience, but that was also winter time. So maybe they've tuned it up for the summer and they'll give you the full experience to sell it. Yeah, hopefully. So, but I, I hope we can get tickets early because I would love to just be in the center this time and not just like some offside thing. Yeah. But yeah, Top Gun Maverick way yeah. su- so surprisingly great. Did yeah, not go see it. 
I think it was me bad, but I wasn't expecting to be as emotionally invested as I was in something I have passed on for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, everybody's saying it too. You know, it's one of the highest rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, I was like movies like that where it's even, you know, Spider-Man far, uh, no way home where it's like 97%. Who are the fucking assholes who don't like it? You know what I mean? Where, where do you go to a movie like Top Gun and go, you know what? Fuck this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear Get Danger it. Zone once. <laughs> I, I just was I Danger just Zone in it? I can't remember. It was. Yeah, it was at the very beginning. Oh, dang. Uh, and then it it uh, molds into uh, the more modern score. Yeah, that oh, gosh, it's like so subtle. I didn't like realize until the very end when the title credits came up and you know it wasn't yeah. that font anymore. I was like, oh man, they totally transitioned this movie like score wise and typography wise. And yeah, it was interesting too. Uh, Bruckheimer gave uh, credit to Don Simpson. Oh, yeah. I, he died, what, 25 years ago? That long ago? I thought it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that long ago. I guess that's yeah. true because, yeah, his solo thing has been on everything like The Rock and all the Con Air, right? Yeah, I just thought it was a, kind of a classy move. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He died in 96. Yeah, definitely didn't have to. So, and of course they thank Tony Scott in the credits. So yeah. Oh yeah. Tony Scott. I mean, he's was a huge part of what made Top Gun, Top Gun. Um, Yeah. So it's, uh, yep. It's good. Uh, Just so you know, uh, Don Simpson died of uh, heart failure uh, combined with drug intoxication, cocaine and prescription medications. He had 21 different drugs in his system. So, yeah, don't do drugs. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's check the box office for Memorial Day. So... Tom Cruise set a personal record this year, or I guess this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. Um, yeah, because he's such, I mean, he's obviously the biggest movie star. Um, but it's, for the weekend, it was 126. That's just the three days. And then they're projecting another almost 30 million on Monday. So 156 million over four days. He's been in some of the, like a lot of high grossing movies, but it's surprising that he hasn't had the highest weekend um, and for a lot of them. So, yeah, and it's almost like uh, his movies seem to have long legs, you know? Because, I mean, his Mission Impossible, his last few Mission Impossible movies, I think made over $300 million. And that's crazy that none of them have opened to like really big numbers. His highest was. War of the Worlds, which was $64 million in 2005. Is that War of the Worlds? Yeah. So, man, that's a long time ago. But yeah, so, cool. Yeah, we could the Memorial Day crown, which I thought, gosh, even that, if it wasn't his movie, just that, I feel like Memorial Day should be higher than 135 or whatever. Yeah, I, the, the previous record was Pirates of the Caribbean, four i think um 
uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is still doing pretty good numbers at about 15 million for the three days and 20 million for the four. And in number three was the other new movie that came out this week, uh, Bob's Burgers, which I've never watched an episode of it. Have you ever watched Bob's Burgers? I watched part of an episode, but uh, I watched the movie last night. So yeah, now I've seen is basically it, a whole episode. Is it any good? Uh, it's fun. Um, it's actually a musical. Uh, you don't get really? that from the trailer. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if it made me more interested in the show but it's not bad like i had fun watching it do you need to have watched the show to enjoy it i maybe i think there's probably some callbacks that didn't hit with me because i you know there were things that happened that the audience was chuckling more at than i was Hmm. so um i think i was reading it's going into its 14th year or something yeah it's crazy it's like 14 years 11 official seasons or something so wow just flew under the radar for me. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> and here's the big movie news story of the week or something that is less clunky when I say it. It's real news. Actor Ray Liotta passed away this week. And he's uh, he's always known for his tough guy roles, whether it's, you know, Goodfellas or uh, I mean, I always remembered him from Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. Uh, but yeah, uh, often a very intense uh, plays a lot of intense characters. You know, he could always like give you a look that is a bit terrifying. Yeah. And he's kind of he's one of those guys who's in a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was trying to think he uh like he was really funny in something too. Camera what it was. Yeah, I I'm right now I'm just flipping through his uh filmography. He's in 126 credited acting roles. So um but if you needed a tough guy, he's in Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> And oh, you're probably thinking of Dear Dracula. He was uh, Count Dracula <laughs> in that uh, straight to video animated film. I've never seen that, so no, but. Um, oh, I thought that's what you're talking about. Is, no. You know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, he's definitely. Do you do any TV? Just strictly uh, movies? Yeah. No, he did, uh, he did some TV. Um, man, yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He, yeah, um, like I said, he's one of those... Go ahead, sorry. It looks like he's going to be in that cocaine bear. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> what's her name's directing? Elizabeth, thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, he was working on... Um, oh, he's in Hubie Halloween. Yeah. I didn't see that, so that's, that's not the one I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, you should see that. That movie's funny. But yeah, he was on, he was on location filming uh, another movie, and yeah. Oh, yeah, he was on The Simpsons. It's Operation Dumbo Drop is what you're thinking of. I knew it. Totally. Yeah. Maybe it was just Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah, because I'm not seeing other, like, he's on Family Guy, too. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's like, uh, he's one of those dependable, like, tough guy actors. Yeah. Uh, we did uh, Wanderlust and Killing Them Softly on this show. 
It's using those. And obviously Muppets Most Wanted and SimCity, A Dame to Kill For. Yeah. For all movies we did as episodes. Um, yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it's quite the career. 67, uh, I think. Yeah, really young. God, he's in Youth and Revolt, too. Yeah. Well, he was the... Uh... Fuck. Maybe he's funny in Youth and Revolt. I haven't seen that movie in a while. But I do like that movie a lot. Oh, Date Night? Yeah, another comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rewatched Date Night. That movie's really funny, too. Recently. The first thing I saw him in was uh, Hannibal, where the lector's eating his brain. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that really bad CGI. <laughs> was it? I have to look at it again. I remember it being, yeah. Was I just it? remember it was a perfect circular cut around oh, his yeah. head. That seems unrealistic for sure. Oh, yeah. He's also in Muppets from Space. Two Muppet movies. Is he really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Good. Well. It's sad that he's passed, but when someone's that prolific, they never really leave you, you know? It's yeah. very it's very easy to spend a night with Ray Liotta. That's the cool thing about movies is you can just pop it in and revisit these people once, they, once yeah. they're gone. They'll always be with you. Absolutely. Well, next week, I'm guessing we're seeing Watcher. <laughs> I don't know what else to watch. But actually, I saw the trailer for that movie. It looks pretty cool. Or the Bob's Burgers movie. Oh, we do the Bob's Burger movie, whatever you want. Um, yeah, there might be some indie stuff, but yeah, I don't know. What I think the I mean, I want to see the Watcher. I don't know if it's something you want to see. I, I know it's uh, today. They had a special screening of it for at the Alamo, where they uh, had the director of it doing a Q and A. Yeah, oh. which if yeah, you know, if, if my wife, I think it's pre-recorded, but yeah. if you know, if my wife got off work earlier, I was definitely going to go try to run and see it. But because yeah, next next week, the week week after is Jurassic World Dominion, right? Yep. Hmm. I was looking at the list here. Yeah, also, same week as Jurassic World Dominion, Mad God, which is uh, Phil Tippett's film oh, that we reviewed. Right or interviewed him about years ago. Yeah. I've seen out. like 15 minutes of that. So we should probably figure out how to get that in the lineup at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cause after Jurassic world, there's not anything that stands out. Yeah. 17 is like all limited releases. That's crazy. Yeah. Also that RRR has been getting a lot of attention. Is like this crazy action movie. Yeah. I've uh, heard, uh, I have some people that have started to go see it. Yeah. It was out weeks ago here and then it, you know, went away and now that's like getting attention and might come back. So we'll see if we can catch it. But uh, Well, I mean, the Mayan is showing crimes of the future that David Cronenberg pe- movie. People are walking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it. But I don't know if I want it to be the movie of the week. It seems rough. It does. <laughs> Uh, but we'll we'll figure it out yeah. we always do thanks for listening hopefully the other nerds have sent us something and we look forward to seeing you in the danger zone hey nerds corinne here i'm going to be doing both showtime and catching the classics this week first i'm going to tackle showtime 
And as Brad figured, I did go to see the new Downton Abbey movie. I don't know if I necessarily recommend it to people. I guess if you saw the first movie and you liked it, then you'll probably like the second movie too. It picks up pretty much where the last one left off, or, you know, roughly speaking. Um, and they tackle basically everything that was in the trailers. And it's, it, it felt longer than I think it was, because I think the runtime was like two hours, but I'm like, damn, this feels longer than two hours. They just tackle a lot of stuff, and it's been a while since I'd seen the first movie, and even before that, like, I fell off, like, halfway through the show, so some of the things I was like, huh, what? Like, kind of missed that part, uh, okay, but, um, it was still really good, you know, some of the characters were still, you know, compelling, and they're, I liked the idea of you know, the modern world comes to Downton with the movies. That made for a lot of fun in-jokes with, you know, a lot of the, you know, real-life actors, of course, acting like, the, you know, their characters are like, oh, we're we're above this, like, riff-raff, like, the Like, oh, we're so, you know, oh, movies, you know, how vulgar or something. It's just, it's hilarious. And seeing, uh, I guess, mild spoilers, the downstairs crew getting to, you know, have their sort of big break on the silver screen. Uh, that was pretty satisfying. And there was, there were some really good scenes in there. Um, I think it got better as it went on. And it definitely felt more cinematic than the first one, just because they switch up the locations and they actually, you know, go to France or whatever. Um, or at least it felt like they did. I don't know if they filmed in France or if it was somewhere else, but um, it, it definitely felt a little bit more cinematic than the first movie, which felt more like just a continuation of the show. And some of the drama is a little, you know, over the top and very manufactured, but I don't know. I still liked it. And now I kind of want them to do a third movie because based on what happened at the end, um, kind of want to see what Downton does, you know, going forward. So if they made a third movie, I'd probably go see it. Okay, now on to the sort of catching the classics, because I don't know if I would say that um, Army of Darkness is really a classic. I hadn't heard of it before I met the nerds, and of course the nerds were always like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. Um, but I, I wouldn't, so I'll say it's like a semi, you know, catching the classics. And, hmm, it's a tough one, because... This is not really a movie made for me. I don't have any of the context for the series coming into this. I haven't seen any of the previous Evil Dead movies. So I know they kind of give you like a recap at the beginning, but it still feels like a little jarring that, you know, all of a sudden you're just dropped into this world with this character and everything seems so fast and, and very like, loose. Like, there's not a lot of, um, like, I feel like there should be some character beats. And let me clarify, I watched the U.S. theatrical version, and I know, Ryan, I know you're listening to this. You gave me the other versions, and you're like, you should watch the U.S. theatrical one first, and then the international, then the director's cut, whatever. Maybe I will get to those, but after the first viewing, I'm like, eh, 
it's okay. I, I guess I am curious to see, like, what the different ending is, and I think I have seen that on the internet. I think I know what it is, but I'm still curious to see what the differences are, but not curious enough to, you know, go and, like, do it right now, you know, go watch it right now. Um, but yeah, it just felt a little rushed. Like, all of a sudden, he has this, like, bond with the Sheila, and I'm like, they were in three scenes together, and now all of a sudden, like, She's like, oh, but what about the night we spent together? I'm like, we missed that. Uh, maybe they cut that part out to trim it down or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the whole, the first half was very, very strange, especially when they go to the cemetery and like, I was not prepared for like little tiny Bruce Campbell's to pop out of a mirror and start attacking big Bruce Campbell. And then like his evil twin is just... (sighs) I felt like I was watching, like, Sam Raimi's Fever Dreams there in the cemetery sequence. Um, but I will say, once the battle gets going, you know, once they start doing, like, the little, you know, training montage, and then the battle, I was like, okay, I'm more on board with this. Like, this feels a little less weird. Um, it just, it made more sense to me that everything else was just a little bizarro. Maybe it just took me a while to get into, like, the the tone of the movie or something. I kept thinking the whole time it was, it kind of felt sort of reminiscent of Hocus Pocus in that it's, there are a couple of moments that try for like genuine creepiness, but then the rest of the time it's like over the top, campy, ridiculous, trying to be entertaining and funny. And of course I had seen Hocus Pocus as a kid, so I have, you know, fond memories of it you know, again, those scenes where it is, like, genuinely creepy and, you know, a little bit weird, um, but then also just, you know, the campiness doesn't bother me in Hocus Pocus because I've grown up with it, but here, it's like, you know, seeing this for the first time as an adult, after hearing so much about it from Ryan and the other nerds, I'm like, not for me, so, but again, the second half was a lot better, um, was, you know, oh my gosh, like, the mix of different effects that they do for the Army of the Dead, with the stop motion, you got, um, just, like, the different props for the skeletons, and, you know, you can see, like, there are definitely some extras running around in suits, so I appreciated that they kind of did a little bit of everything, you know, as needed, and, yeah, it was, I I did appreciate, you know, some of the jokes that they had in there, like, I, I did laugh out loud a few times, the one movie that sticks out to me was, you know, where the main evil guy is like, you're going down, and Bruce Campbell, like, looks over at the staircase, and he's like, I'm going up, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty good play on words right there. Yeah, so, didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I don't know if I'd really watch it again, unless, you know, Ryan makes me, I guess, but, um, eh, not, 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 not my favorite movie, but, eh, I guess I can understand why Ryan likes it. It is just a lot of weird silliness. And again, I think if you had more context with the character going into the movie and you had a better understanding or at least initial feel for like the tone and the humor and, and all this kind of stuff. Whereas for me, it's like, you know, we're starting off on the, on a wrong foot here. Um, I think you'd like it better, which again explains why Ryan loves it so much. Um, favorite movie of all time? I'm like, wow, this seems like a strange pick, but whatever, you know, to each his own. I mean, mine is My Fair Lady, and 
I mean, that's a pretty weird movie on its own, right? Just, it's a little bit more conventional than Army of Darkness. So, yeah, I don't know if I had to rate it. Mm, maybe three, and I'm being generous, maybe two and a half, maybe three. The whole, I, I was glad they did not kill off Sheila, because I did think that they were going to when she comes back and she's like evil or something. And he's like, baby, you got ugly. And then he, like, kicks her off the the cli- or off the side of the castle. I was like, oh, I guess they killed her. And then she ends up living, which I didn't get that. I was like, I guess she was, like, under a spell or... I don't know what was going on there. But first she was evil and then, and then ugly, and now she's okay again. So glad they didn't kill her, though. But anyway, yeah, I didn't get that. But <laughs> some of the imagery was you know, weird, but in, like, a, you know, memorable way, and there were a couple of, like, really cool shots, like, in the scene where he's, like, running away from whatever's in the cemetery, and it's, like, the camera's, like, going through, and the trees are, like, splitting apart as the camera goes through it, and I was, like, that was really cool, but, yeah, not really for me on the whole, but, yeah, two and a half or three, if, if I had to give it a rating, and that's just my rating, so... As Ryan says, all art is subjective, and film is art, so, yeah. Alright, um, I will probably tackle something next time, but I don't know what yet. So I hope you guys have a good week, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye! Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.